Hello, welcome to Launch Left, a podcast label and launch pad for left of center artists. Don't forget, rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Today's very special guest is Courtney Barnett, and she will be joined by and launching Danny Cohen. Hi, Courtney. Nice to meet you here. You too. I don't even know where to start, except that I want to start all the way back of just how music found you as a child. I grew up in a in a household that was like not my parents didn't play musical instruments, but they listened to quite a lot of music. Like there was music in our in our home a lot, and um, so that was probably my first kind of um, introduction. My dad. You know, we got our first, the first family CD player and he listened to like a lot of jazz music and um, so I just kind of listened to that and, and then my brother, he's four years older than me, so I listened to his music and he started playing guitar so I um, I wanted to learn guitar and then that was kind of the, the beginning. If your brother played guitar, was he left-handed too or was that a difficult moment where you were like, I want to learn, oh, I yeah. want to do it this way? Yeah, no, he was right-handed, and um, yeah, I, that was just a. I would just like play the guitar the wrong way around, um, and every guitar that I came across was right-handed. So I just kind of um, was always awkwardly playing it. And then one day, a family friend like gave me this like cheap guitar that they had, and someone helped me string it left-handed so I could learn how to play it properly. Well, I'm left-handed, but I never had that opportunity. My brother played, too, right-handed, and so I just learned, which meant that I never really became a proper guitarist, only enough to write songs. And then, <laughs> But uh, so I, I can relate to that moment where the thing you want to do isn't strung correctly. So I love that by eight, somebody thought to string a guitar properly for your left-handedness that's so cool so you had support you had support in your family to 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 go the musical route yeah they were really supportive I think I was just like obsessive and I probably didn't stop talking about it so someone probably did it to shut me up I started getting a few lessons and I think once I learned you know two chords I probably wrote a song um because, yeah, I, and then I, like, matched it, you know, in school we did, like, you know, we learnt, we were learning about poetry in, in school, so we had to, like, write write poems for um, exercises and so I probably just kind of paired, paired the two together. I love music so much because, like, once you, like, the struggle of learning how to do something and then finally achieving it, there's, like, this real joy that I feel in that and I... I certainly remember, like, um, when I finally learned how to, um, like, play guitar and sing at the same time. <laughs> that was a real, like, day. That was a breakthrough day. <laughs> was, um, and I never sung in front of anyone. I only did that, like, in, in my room. But um, but it was, yeah, it felt like a real achievement. And I just think, I think there's such a joy. Same as, like, singing in a choir or sing like making music with other people there's something about the like when it all comes together and when 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 the pieces kind of come together it feels really special do you remember when you were first able to publicly sing and play 
in front of whether it was your family or other people um, without kind of hiding in your room? It was definitely, it was a slow process. I think one time in like grade nine, which is, I don't know, th- th- uh, 14 or 15, um, I, for like a class project, we had to do a song and I think I did a Purple Haze and I think I sung, I might have sung that in class, but I was so nervous and then I probably, I don't think I sung again until I was 18 or something. I felt like I was a guitarist and not a singer, you know. Well, I'm glad that uh, you changed your mind on that. I think a lot of people are. I saw your film last night. You spoke at one point about, you know, those nights when you can get on stage and everything, all the energy is there and the crowd is there and you're there in the performance. It's just it's just happening in real time and it's electric and it feels true. And then the nights where that just no matter what you feel like you're it, it's you're going through the motions and it's it's not authentic. Do you think that we can change that? Or is that just what it means to, you know, be in the moment as a performer and and have those experiences? And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. When it happens, it's like it it feels, you know, it feels bad or hard or whatever the feeling is. But I think it's I probably wouldn't, you know, there's there's no like need to change it because I think there's I mean, there's something. So, like, obviously that happens for a reason and it's normal and natural and it's just, like, I think it's it's such a weird, like, m- magical kind of thing. Uh, I think it's so impossible to, like, define what that is and why it happens and, like, how many um, factors are involved in that. Like, you know, all the little moments that add up to whatever that mood or energy is, Um and whether it's just like the performers, what's going on in the performers like world, or if it's also, you know, the energy of the crowd, the the energy of the day, like the the news of the day, like what you know, what everyone brings to the room with them. And obviously, yeah, it's just like it's un it's it's like it's it's hard to 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 like put a like to put to to be able to figure it out I think so it's I don't know I think as well those moments are kind of humbling in a way like it it brings you back to to something but um yeah I'm sure they happen for a reason yeah it actually made me think about how uh the correlation between like a meditation where you really feel calmed and, and centered versus one where your mind can't stop. And and the attachment to the one that where you felt calm is partially why your mind can't stop that next time, is you want to get back to that. So uh, hearing you say that, I, 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 I totally agree. It's like it's not something – it's not a nut that anyone needs to crack. It's like about maybe letting go. That's probably what I've – learned the most or what I've kind of where I've come to it's like to just embrace those moments rather than be scared of them or fight against them Mm. just be like this is a weird show (laughs) or I'm in a weird mood or whatever but it's just I think not yeah not um letting it 
you know, things fall apart. Are there any one or two records that were incredibly formative for you as a kid growing up that, that um, kind of made you think, well, maybe I could do this? Or were you your own animal that was just doing it anyway um, without any sort of signals? Um, no, definitely. I mean, we had like, because it was kind of, yeah, like I said, like our the first family CD player. So we kind of, it was the, the start of a collection of CDs. I think me and my brother had like 10 or 15 CDs between us. And my dad listened to a lot of like, um, a lot of kind of jazz and blues. And then me and my brother listened to like Hendrix and um, Nirvana and... Um, Janet Jackson and No Doubt. <laughs> it's like, it was kind of a bit of everything, really. Uh-huh. Um, Do you still like a CD the most to some extent as far as sonically, or do you have a preference of that or LP or cassette? Or um, I got a record player at home. Um, I don't have a CD player anymore. Um, yeah, and then I travel so much, so I, I probably just listen to a lot of digital um, like streaming kind of stuff. Well, um, I would love to meet Danny because uh, I just watched your film last night. Yay! <laughs> uh, the beautiful film you both made, Anonymous Club. Danny, uh, can I just start out by saying it's nice to meet you? Nice to meet you. And then uh, immediately say that composition, for whatever reason, it's become super important to me as I am very visual when I see things and every single shot of the film has the most beautiful composition. How did you all decide to even do this film? Thanks so much for all those lovely words. It's really, really sweet to say. I think it was kind of like a natural um, progression. Like Courtney and I had done a bunch of, um, you know, sort of photos and music videos together and, um, the idea sort of came about and we just kept talking about it. Um, I think we kind of initially both bonded on um, how much inspiration we sort of draw from, like, artists, like, um, creative processes. So I think we're both sort of really interested in um, why people create and why people kind of do what they do. Um, that was kind of like a starting point, and I think we didn't really come back to that point mm. probably till the edit. I don't know. It's just like, you know, it's just, oh, that would be cool if we did that. And then um, we thought we'd give it a go for a few months. So I kind of um, went on tour and we had the um, dictaphone sort of device going. And then we just sort of uh, cut together like a little teaser just to see, you know, if I could create that sort of mood that we were talking about. And then we just kept going for another three years, two and a, <laughs> two and a half years. Yeah. The dictaphone was a really nice part of it. Um, and Courtney, your voice is, is beautiful, like voiceover. I'm like, can you do some voiceover <laughs> acting? Or um, because you're just so honest. You can hear, and that's, I think that resonates with anyone, obviously, is, is, is someone being truly who they are and with all the vulnerabilities. So. I'll say something about the like reflecting on it you know loneliness or your own sort of journey as you're watching it um it like my editor and I kind of had planned to to kind of make it as slow as possible um to kind of allow those sort of scenes to breathe and um but you know Courtney's um 
journaling to kind of like, you know, hang, that sounds negative, but just like, you know, give it space to breathe so that you can kind of hear something and, and you've got time to think about it and, you know, try and hold on like, you know, lots of wide shots and stuff like that just so you kind of discover things in the room. It's, it, it's kind of like, you know, in the vein of slow cinema, but definitely, you know, not. But um, it, it was definitely meant to be meditative and something that you can kind of like reflect on and find things in yourself and, and all that sort of stuff. I don't know the collaboration mm. answer. Like, yeah, we talked a lot about things, but in the end, I trusted you to make like great your own creative decisions. Yeah, yeah. I think it like you know in the editing phase that there's a point where you kind of have to, um, you know, it needs a point of view, um, and like if it's kind of caught in a combined point of view, maybe it like, gets a bit mixed and it kind of felt like, you know, in order for it to sort of sit a little bit outside Courtney as like, you know, internal as we were with Courtney, I think it needed like a, you know, whatever my perspective was on that story um, that needed to be told over those three years. Um, I think otherwise, it, you know, it's really difficult to kind of step out of your own body and especially with the things Courtney's talking about to decide what should and shouldn't go in um, to the film. So, you know, mm. I, I kind of like did my best to, you know, put the hard bits in because I think that, you know, that there's there's a reward there in the film to, to go through that sort of journey. Um, and I think you need to kind of see those moments that you can you can feel that Courtney's really going through something and, and um, was that hard for you, Courtney? Was was that part of why it was kind of shelved for a minute? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was really. It was quite confronting. Confronting to um, to watch back, and I mean, it's still, it still is. But it's like it's been an interesting journey for me because obviously, like even my the way I see it compared to any other viewer is probably going to be like different. Like we're all going to, you know, come at it with different things. And for me, it's just like, yeah, I really, it's definitely been a journey and just, um, you know, I think you, I've, I've like learned a lot about myself. I think as well through seeing yourself through someone else's eyes, um, whether it's like, you know, in a relationship or like through the lens of a camera with a documentary about you, um, mm-hmm. very um, revealing and very yeah. So it was um, it was confronting for sure. Yeah. So you guys are clearly friends and have been known each other for a long time, or yeah, yeah. I mean, probably I don't know. I'm going to say eight years. Yeah, I was going to say eight as well. Wow. Yeah, jinx. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're friends. Yeah, we are friends. Yeah. We'll <laughs> That's good. Uh, well, do you consider yourselves both um, members of Anonymous Club? Mm. Yeah, I think everyone's a member. Yeah. I think everyone should be. So, all of you out there watching, Go watch Anonymous Club. It's really worth your time. It's quite beautiful. You both are quite beautiful. I feel so lucky I get to spend 30 minutes with you. And I hope whatever is your next project together um, or 
on your own that it is fruitful and joyful and creates more um, joy in the world because we need more right now. Thanks so much for such a um, thoughtful question. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, thank you. Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 